The Thamus Foundation was launched in 2018 to raise awareness about mental health and addiction in the Black community. Foundation founder and president Marie-Philippe Remy is with me on the show today. Hi, Marie. Thank you for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. The foundation started because you lost your sister, Fabiola, to a mental illness. Could you just tell me a little bit about your sister and what happened? Um, my sister, she was my oldest sister, and um, she, she was kind of like a second mom to me because she's been taking care of me since I was a young girl, a little girl. Um, and um, she was so much, she had such love for life she was full of joy and she she had this way of attracting people towards her and unfortunately later in her um, early actually around 17 18 years old I kind of saw her um, her ways were changing a little bit um, she was pregnant with my niece um, and I thought that must have been it you know maybe I didn't know much about it but I knew um they said sometime after you have children, um, you you're, you might suffer from postpartum, but I didn't understand what that was really. Um, but I saw her ways changing and she started coming home late. She started changing her group of friends and just um, less patient. And I didn't understand what was going on. And for me, it was like, I was kind of losing my sister in a way. Um, but um it just kind of became the new normal for us until um, later on um, when she, um, in her 30s, mid 30s, um, and went, what was supposed to be Canada's 50, well, what was Canada's 50th uh, birthday, 150th birthday, um, we lost her. And um, they found her body on the side of the road, um, not really saying, um, all we know is that she got hit multiple times and we didn't, they didn't find her until 12 hours later. So um, we don't know exactly what happened on that road that night. Uh, but we do know that because of the way she was living her life was very dangerous for her. Um, we know that her mental illness had a lot of factor of why she was the way that she was we even we found out afterwards that she went to the hospital multiple times to try to seek help for her depression and anxiety and she did not really receive that help either because unfortunately she was also struggling with addiction um, so that kind of put her in a category where uh, she didn't receive the proper help she needed um, and unfortunately, we really got to do the work after she passed away to understand what happened, where did things go wrong and how we could have helped. And um, that's why we started this foundation, because we don't want people to have to go through this to learn what mental illness is. So she had kind of disassociated herself from the family. So um so she started to have some issues, which is so common, right? Often people with, with, um, who are struggling with mental illness are in pain. Yes. And their way of dealing with the pain can be drugs. And so that sort of complicated um, situation is just, it's too familiar and becoming more and more familiar. But you had lost contact with her. Then she just sort of moved into this other, other element of life. Um. We, I would go through a period of times where 
um, kind of giving her an ultimatum, like you have to get some help or like, because it was affecting my mental health as well. And the fact that I didn't understand how deep her issues were to me, uh, again, which happened often in the black community, we believe that it's a choice. And that's what I didn't understand at that time. So I would tell her like, get some help or like, I won't talk to you for this period of time. So I would go through some period of time where we were out of contact and she would try to call me and I'll be like, are you getting help? No, then call me when you're ready. And um, again, that's uh, that's one of the things that like, you know, I have to live with now because I didn't understand um, the amount of pain that she was going through. And I didn't understand um, what she, how she wanted help, but she just didn't know how to get it. I think that's the thing too, right? So families often don't know, uh, they don't understand the pain because the person can't express it or they're expressing it. But if you don't, if you haven't uh, struggled with severe anxiety or depression, you, you can't really understand sometimes the pain and people don't realize that, that, um, that depression is actually physically painful. Do you, uh, do you think, do you have any sense that she was uh, not able to get some of the help in the hospital from medical professions because she was black, part of the black community, and that there is a, a barrier there to access to uh, treatments and support? I think because the, there's an image that is put on black people, and especially when you're dealing with addiction at the same time and uh, you have mental illness, I think that puts you in a category where um, often I see that people treat us like we're less important than and I think because of that, maybe they didn't give her the proper time update to, to assess her needs, to assess what was going on. So in some way, yes, I feel like um, because a lot of um, medical institution or just um, the care system doesn't have that, um, they don't really understand the black culture or the black people and just don't understand the struggle that we carry with us because they, I think they don't take the time to really listen to us as human beings, as people who go through things and have be, as people who live through a lot of pains and often put us in a category where we're lesser than and we don't get the proper care too often. Are there different, um, are there different, uh, you know, when you're talking about not understanding what you're going through, is it different? Like, is it different, for example, for someone in the Black community with depression than for someone like me, where it's much, much easier for me to, to well, let me put it this way, it's still very difficult to get help. But when, when a Black person's um, suffers with depression or, or becomes depressed, is it different? I think the, the illness itself is pretty much the same thing, but the causes can be different. Um, I think um, we go through life very differently. Uh, there's a level of stress that is added to being Black, I believe, in my opinion, because uh, I would have conversation with friends where you know, if you're moving to a neighborhood, you have to look up the neighborhood to see if they, they will welcome people of color and what type of, if you're even traveling to different countries, there's a level of uh, care that we carry with us every day because we know we're not always welcome in every space. 
and just moving through life, we, we move through life differently. And that adds a level of stress that add a level of anxiety. And uh, when you become parents as well, you're sending your kids to school, hoping that, you know, they will be welcome and they will be able to, to uh, be accepted. And so there's this level of stress that we uh, often live th- uh, with every day that I think that affects our mental health that maybe someone um, that is Caucasian doesn't have to deal with. So actually you're, you're really looking at two kinds of stigma, yes. um, both that are, are, are very powerful and part of what the foundation is working towards. Um, you started the foundation in honor of your sister's 36th birthday. And, and again, with your niece, um, and part of, of the foundation, you do a few things, but one of them is really aimed at reducing stigma. So starting a conversation to say, this is real and it's okay to talk about it. We, uh, because again, the fact that uh, often we don't want to talk about it because it's, we've, uh, it's a subject that is often seen as shameful. So we don't talk about it between us. We don't talk about it. Um, outside and just even going and get help. There's a, there's always that level of don't tell people our business or um, you don't want to be seen as you're defective. So we don't, the fact that uh, mental illness is not a physical illness that you can often just see, we think that it's within us and it's for us to deal with on our own. And when I started sharing our story, our family stories, how we missed the signs and how we didn't understand what mental illness was, I had a lot of people come to, um, talk to me and say, well, you know what, I've seen this and someone that I love, or I'm, I've been putting so much pressure on my daughter and I didn't realize how much it was affecting her. And just being able to start that conversation is really big within our community because it's something that we kept quiet for so long. So I'm really happy to see that we're opening a lot more about it. Do um, do you think that income, um, housing, access to medical help is a larger factor or a large factor in what's happening within the community. So on, in general, we say one in five people um, live with some form of, of mental illness, but I'm wondering if it's different in, in the black community because of things like housing, education, access to medical help. These things add stress, they add anxiety, they add when you have children you have to provide for and you you don't you get paid less than your counterparts or you it's harder for you to get a job just because of how you look that definitely adds to your mental health um, and also living in communities that are not safe for our children to grow in that also adds so um, often just your environment you know, being in an environment that you don't feel comfortable in, and being in an environment that is not safe, being not getting um, paid to to cover your bills, <laughs> to to cover your rent. And I grew up with a mom doing working two jobs. So my mom would leave the house at six in the morning, and she would come back at eleven at night every day. <laughs> and so that also is a factor growing up with not having your parents uh, to raise you because they're working so hard to cover. 
everything and to take care of you and to take care of the essentials. So um, you don't, it's hard because you don't grow up with that um, care that you need to blossom to, to have a healthy adult life and you have to do a lot of the work on your own. And that is a big, big thing within our community because we often have to grow up on our own because our parents are trying to provide for the basic. And that's where your sister came in. As sort of your as your caregiver, um, which must have made it immensely harder um, to see her go through what she went through. Well, let's talk about the foundation a bit. So the foundation is about awareness. Um, it is it is located in Ottawa, but it um, it is Canada wide. And it's about awareness, but you've also got some other initiatives that you're bringing online to to kind of expand this awareness and um, help people understand where they can go. We started with the awareness campaigns where we wanted to we wanted to create videos, uh, video campaigns where people in our community could see themselves in, because that's one thing that was lacking as well. When we saw an awareness campaign about mental health, we didn't see ourselves. So that just translates to that doesn't affect us. So we wanted people to see them in these campaigns because I wanted them to know that this is part of our community. This uh, mental illness does not discriminate. It will affect everybody, anybody. Um, so that's where we, that was our main goal at first do the campaign so people can see themselves and share our story as well because um, it's it's tell of what can happen when you ignore the signs, right? And we, we wanted people to learn from our experience um, so they don't have to go through it. Uh, so these are the two things, starting the awareness campaigns and sharing our stories. Um, we've been doing that since the beginning. And during the time of COVID, we were also able to start a um, free counseling program, which has been amazing for the community. Uh, so we, we put together a group of counselors, uh, Black counselors, because that also makes a difference. And um, we were able to offer some free hours of counseling. We received applications from all over Canada, from Alberta to Yukon to uh, everywhere, <laughs> Quebec, Ontario, pretty much everywhere, and Canada. And um, that just goes to show how our community is ready to start the healing and they're ready to start talking about it and they're ready to seek help. And for what we're trying to do, we're trying to make sure that the help is available. And so these are our three main goals as of right now, offering the counseling, show people that this is something that affects our community and um, share our stories. And hopefully as we grow older, we would love to have centers where people can come in and have help and uh, do other activities because I also believe that um, Black people in general were very um, artistic and we have other ways that um, we can, you know, through sports, through arts, these are things that can help um, help with our mental health and better our mental health. So we would love to have centers later on to be able to offer these services and mental health services there. Now that you've brought counseling on online, I'm curious if you're getting people from all over the country you know, contacting you for help. Are you, do you see different types of, of mental health issues or levels of addiction in different pockets in the country? 
Um, we're getting a lot more uh, applications from Ontario and Quebec. Um, and also we see that the number, which is something that we expected a lot more women than men uh, do apply. Um, which is something that is expected within our community because, well, just in general, men yeah, in general with men, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just in general, men are less likely to uh, to go and get counseling. Uh, but we we've seen um, it's a lot about anxiety, it's a lot about depression, it's a lot about uh, going through life because it can be tough. And that's one thing that we also try to promote. You don't have to seek counseling because you're going through a crisis, it's good. It's like a checkup as well, you know, just come, um, just empty it out, talk it out with a counselor, get some, uh, get some uh, counseling really. Yeah. And so that's something that we really want. It's, it's part of your health. It's part of checkup. So uh, a lot more within Ontario and Quebec, but we, we do see a lot from Alberta as well. Well, it, everybody should have uh, be able to touch with uh, with a counselor of some kind because everybody has problems, right? It's just the degree of the problems and the gr- degree that it affects your affects your lives. And COVID, of course, you know, you just can't get around COVID. How has that affected? Um, you know, more and more people are aware. And do understand the effects of anxiety because they're experiencing it themselves. Are you finding more people are reaching out? Yes, we started this whole counseling thing because of COVID. We had people coming and reaching out to us saying it was just too much. And where could they get help? And we weren't offering help at that time. And we tried to reach out to different uh, other resources and they, they couldn't help. So that's why we decided to apply uh, through Red Cross and see if we can get this thing started ourselves. And within the first, like, I think within the first six weeks, we we had about like 400 applications. So um, I think it all started because of COVID because people were just, it was too much for a lot. Plus it was the same time that George Floyd murder happened so and just seeing these images on the tv over and over again that affects you a lot um especially because we see ourselves in him right we see our fathers we see our brothers and it it, it affects us because again it's a reminder that maybe our life is not worth um as they're portraying that our life is not worth as much as other lives and the whole black life matter which is why it started yeah well, that was going to be my next question is um, Black Lives Matter obviously um, brought worldwide attention. Are you finding that you are getting a lot more support from mental health professionals or from uh, places like the Red Cross because of this, the awareness of Black Lives Matter and the, and, and the attention it's brought to the inequities in policing? think so. I, I really think that um, just that whole event kind of opened a lot of people's eyes to what is truly going on, what we've been go, going through in silence, because it's like, to us, it's it's another day having somebody get killed for no, like, no specific reason. And just when, you know, you can get somebody, there's proper manners to take care of situations, right? It doesn't have to end in a, in a death. So, 
because of how this whole situation losing uh seeing this men die in front of us i think it it it, it did open a lot of people's eyes and they were finally reaching out to see uh what they could do to help and how they can better um the system because it's systematic right so um we've had other organizations who didn't have any uh black voices before reach out and see how they can help the black community better and um i think it's part of the reason why we were able to also receive the red cross funding because there was a crisis within the black community that needed to be addressed and we had the tools to address it and we were able to receive that support uh, but yeah, I think that a lot of communities reached out to to see how they can better their system because it wasn't done before and they weren't asking before. So that did change things. Now you're you've talked about moving into the area of hopefully expanding and being able to provide the clinics. Now that you're seeing that there's, uh, it's you always knew the need was there, but now you're seeing that people understand that there's a place that they can go. When are you thinking that you'll be able to to um, uh, move into that area and to start opening some some clinics? I'm gonna I'm I'm I I know it's gonna take time. Um, do you have a plan for your first clinic? Um, obviously, we would like to start here in Ottawa, uh, but yes, we would like to have a clinic where uh, people can uh, come for their appointments. That we have black counselors on staff, and also we have. Uh, different rooms for different activities as well. Like it could be music, dance, sports, and just provide that that um, that space, safe space for members of the community. Because if you're not ready to talk about it, then maybe you want to go and uh, play some music or you want to go and uh, dance until you're ready. And then there's a counselor there to support you because it's it's new to us, right? Being able to open up and just sit down in front of someone and express how we feel because often we don't even know how we feel. So th the process is new to us. So we wanna make sure that we keep that in mind when we open our centers. Uh, but like, I'm hopeful we're working really hard on it uh, behind the scenes. And uh, we, we hope that you know, we're going to keep applying for grants because that's, that's what we can do. And if possible, maybe sometime later next year, that, that would be my dream. Uh, but we're going to keep working on it. And hopefully in the future, we see that everybody can come together and understand that while culturally, there are always going to be differences. There's many, many, many groups um, that will have their own challenges. But I think the more people uh, who are advocating for um, people with living with mental illness and addiction, the more of us who are advocating, the more common ground we can find, and then we will be able to affect change. Exactly. And I think ideally, obviously, it would be where you can walk in anywhere and find the support that you need. You know, it, does, it wouldn't have to necessarily just be a black space. But anywhere, you know, you go to the hospital, you go to any type of clinic and it's they have that support ready for you. They understand that you come from a different culture and that you might have uh, different experiences and they have the tools necessary to help you. That's the hope. That's really that would be ideal. So hopefully that's where we can head in the future. 
I, I hope so. Um, Marie, thank you for coming on and talking to me. I really, really appreciate the, the perspective that you've given me today, also the population in general. We, have, we still have a lot of work to do, I believe, but um, I'm, I'm hopeful and I like where we're, go- we're heading and uh, conversations like this are very important. So thank you so much for having me.